He is risen. He is risen indeed. Can you guys hear? Oh. Um, first, I want to say thank you to everyone who helped decorate the cross. There's still flowers up here, and so after service, if you want to tidy it up, and I want to thank you for decorating it because you transformed something that is a symbol of death and darkness and pain into a symbol of beauty and life. And this morning, we are reminded of Christ's resurrection, that he is risen. I'd like to dismiss the children. We had some eggs left over from our big Easter egg hunt. And so if you are a child here today and you would like to do an Easter egg hunt, there will be an Easter egg hunt in the back. And I have a couple of quick announcements. Um, next week, Pastor Ralph will be preaching. Um, and you might want to be here if you enjoy his preaching, because this might be the last time you hear him preach here at this church. Because as many of you know, they are moving to Georgia. He and his wife, Sandy, are moving. And I know Pastor Ralph is very anxious to get there. And so we will celebrate them both on April 30th with a potluck. We also, for the month of April, if you look back towards Lori back there, we for the month of April, we are collecting food pantry items for the Canastota Connected Community Schools. They said pasta, sauce, and cereal are some of their popular items. I also, I heard from them this past week, and they reached out to me and asked me to let you know that the last Thursday of the month, they do this thing called Fuel Pack Food Giveaway. This is for anyone in the community, whether you're a student, a parent, or just in the community, and they give away five days worth of meals to whoever comes. They call it a giveaway, but I think if you show up, they provide you with food, and this is from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., and it serves our community. So if you are in need this month, you can go there and participate in the Fuel Pack giveaway. They also let me know about some non-food items that they're looking for. They said that shoes are especially hard to find. They're always looking for shoes for students, and the shoe sizes that they often need the most are the larger shoe sizes. That's because you often get handed down the small shoes. And so the bigger shoes, they said women size eight and up or men size 10 and up. Those are harder to come by for students. So if you have shoes in those sizes or you want to buy shoes in those sizes, you can bring them here and we'll make sure they get to the Canastota Connected Community Schools. And so today we are going to jump right into the word. I joined the adult Sunday school class this morning, and we read through the resurrection story in both Mark and Matthew, and today we'll read through it in John. It's another account. We'll be reading John 21 through 18. Hear the word of the Lord today. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked, looked in the tomb, in at the stripes of linen laying there. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate 
from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this time, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Easter morning is often marked with flowers and bright colors and sunshine. You can see it up here. There's flowers and bright colors. It's a happy day for many, but that's not the way it was for the, when the first Easter started. There was fear and there was doubt. There was grief and there was confusion. The disciples did not fully understand the resurrection. This past week, we had two extra services on Thursday and Friday. On Thursday, we met in the adult Sunday school room, and Michelle Archer, she led us through the Last Supper. And on Friday, Good Friday, we met in the sanctuary, and we read through Jesus's last day on earth. It was a powerful service and a reminder of God's sacrifice. And yesterday, we didn't have a service, but yesterday is what's known to some people as Silent Saturday. Some call it Holy Saturday or Black Saturday. For the disciples, it was the day where all hope had been lost. The disciples had dedicated their lives to Jesus. They followed him for three years. They left everything they knew, their friends, their family, their livelihood, to follow this man. They followed Jesus, and they watched him heal and minister to people. They witnessed Jesus healing the sick. They saw him restore sight to the blind man and raise Lazarus from the dead. They were there when Jesus cast out demons and they saw him walk on water. But now he's gone. He was crucified. He died the most shameful way possible. He died a criminal's death on the cross and all hope seemed lost. Easter is often where church attendance is the highest. It's an important day on the church calendar. It's the day we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord because without the resurrection, there would be no Christianity. But I'm going to guess that maybe there's some people here today who struggle with their faith, who maybe struggle to believe it's not always flowers and sunshine. You have questions and doubt, or maybe you struggle to find hope today. Or maybe there's something about the Easter story that just doesn't make sense. It's nonsense to you. 
I remember when I was younger, before I was a pastor, I was reading through the Easter story. I was reading through it day by day, kind of like we did this past week, following the events of Holy Week. I wanted to believe, but there was something about the story that just wasn't making sense to me. And it took an encounter with Jesus for things to get real, for me to understand the story. And so if you're here and you're struggling with faith today, or if you have doubts, this morning, I want to tell you that you're not alone. It's pretty common. I was reading a story about John Wesley. John Wesley is the founder of the Methodist faith, and he's one of our theological grandfathers, and he too struggled with his faith. He wrote in his journal that ministry wasn't going as he expected it. He didn't have that deep assurance of faith, and he wanted to throw in the towel. He wanted to give up on ministry. He professed Christian salvation but he worried that his words were in vain. I suspect his experience is familiar to many Christians. It reminds me of the prayer from Mark 9, 24, where a man prays, Lord, I do believe. Help me with my unbelief. One of John Wesley's friends encouraged him to preach on because he knew that feelings aren't always facts. John's friend told him to preach faith until you have it, and then once you have faith, you will preach faith. And John followed his friend's advice and he preached on until he found that assurance of salvation. Even Mother Teresa experienced seasons of doubt and a dark night of the soul. So if that's you this morning and you find yourself in a place of doubt or confusion this morning, or if you struggle to find the Easter cheer, I wanna tell you that you're not alone this morning. The disciples who followed Jesus for years they were in a state of confusion and doubt that first Easter morning. Mary Magdalene was the first at the grave, the scriptures say. And when she went to the tomb, it was still dark out. And she saw that the stone had been rolled away. She didn't know what had happened, but she assumed that somebody had stolen the body. Her first assumption is grave robbers. She doesn't know about the resurrection. And so she runs to Simon Peter and John, and he's and she says, they have taken our Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. She was rightly upset, because where did his body go? Someone must have moved him. That's the only logical conclusion. And so she stood outside the tomb, crying. The man she loved, the one she had been following, he was missing. She stood there in grief and disbelief. There were two angels inside, and they asked her, why are you crying? She must not have noticed that they were celestial beings because she replied, they have taken our Lord away and I don't know where they put him. She was talking to angels and she still doesn't get it. She still doesn't understand what has happened here. Jesus is right there behind her and she doesn't recognize him. She assumes he must be the gardener. How did she not recognize him? He was standing right there. I know for myself, when I see an acquaintance, out of context from where I know them, it can be hard to recognize them. It can be hard to remember their names. It's like when you see your doctor at the grocery store or your teacher at the mall or you see the bus driver at the fish fry. It can be hard to remember their name. You didn't expect to see them out of context. And so maybe that's what happened to Mary here. She wasn't expecting him to be there standing in the garden. But Mary Magdalene, she knew Jesus well. She was close to Jesus. She had followed Jesus for years. She was as close to Jesus as any of the others. 
She spent days upon days with him. How did she not recognize him? Jesus was right there beside her, but she didn't recognize him. She thought he was the gardener. And she asked him where they had taken the body. It wasn't until he said her name that she recognized him. He called out her name and she knew his voice. I don't blame her for not recognizing him. She thought he was dead and maybe she was clouded by her grief and confusion. Mary thought Jesus was a gardener. It's a logical mistake, really. Or maybe it was no mistake at all. Jesus is a gardener. The story of the Bible, it begins in a garden and it ends in a garden. It makes sense that this pivotal moment in scripture happened too in a garden. When Mary thought that he was the gardener, she was wrong, but she was also right because Jesus is the gardener of resurrection, cultivating new life in all who believe. Pastor Brian Zond writes, the first Adam was a gardener who failed in his task and the world became a wasteland of war and sin. But the second Adam will succeed in his task. Christ will restore the ruined garden. With Christ as the gardener of new creation, we have a hope for our future. A garden is a place of planting, a place where dying seed bursts forth with new life, a place of flowers, a place of fruitfulness. We are fed by the gardens of the earth. This is good news. Christ is our gardener. When I think of a garden, I think of a place of beauty and abundance, a place where life is thriving, where the soil is rich and fertile, a place where new growth is possible. Christ is our gardener, and he's still working in our lives today, planting seeds of hope, healing, and wholeness. He tends to our soil with care and compassion. Jesus is the gardener who turns the wasteland into gardens. He is cultivating resurrection life in all who come to him. So if you are in the dark today, feeling like you're in the dark, if you have doubts and confusion, I want to encourage you today that you are not alone. As author and pastor Barbara Brown Taylor writes, new life starts in the dark. Whether it's a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus, in the tomb, it starts in the dark. <laughs> she says, I've learned things in the dark that I could not have learned in the light, things that have saved my life over and over again. When I was going through my own season of doubt and questions, it was Pastor Barbara's words that helped me realize that my questions and doubts were a gift from God. It was in the darkness that new life was born in me. But maybe you're here today and you're not in the dark. You found Jesus and that resurrection hope of hope, healing, and wholeness. Maybe that's you today. And the message here is don't hold on. Go and tell others about the news of Jesus. Share your story with others. Tell them when and where and how Jesus has made a difference in your life. What has Jesus done in your life? Mary was told not to cling to Jesus. She was told to go to share the news. Mary Magdalene was the first person to preach the resurrection. She said, I have seen the Lord. She is an example to us. Where have you seen the Lord at work? She shows us that the good news is not meant to be kept to ourselves. We are to share it. And one thing I've learned as a pastor is that you can't argue someone into faith. You can't argue, you can't force someone to believe in Jesus, but you can share your story. 
You can share your own personal encounter with Jesus so that they too can encounter Jesus. Today, we have the visual of a garden on this cross. It's a reminder that new life is springing up all around us. Spring is one of my favorite seasons of the year because after a long winter, and I hear that this winter we didn't have as much snow as normal, but after a long winter when all the flowers seem dead, when the trees are bare and look dead and the plants all seem dead, spring is when we start seeing new life burst forward. That which we thought was dead comes back to life. So take heart because the master gardener is still at work. You might not recognize him at first. You might think he's a gardener. You might feel like you're sitting in the dark, but new life is coming and new life is here for he has risen. He has risen indeed. Lord, I thank you today this Easter morning for being that the beacon of new life, for being the resurrection and the life. You give us hope, Lord. Lord, I pray that you help us believe in our unbelief, Lord. It's only through you that we believe. We can't force belief, but you lead us to belief because you cultivate in us a garden of life, Lord. I thank you for that, and I pray for the people here. I pray that wherever they are at, that you will meet them where they are at, that you will give them signs of resurrection, signs of new life, signs of your spirit working in them, through them, and around them, Lord. And we give you this morning with lots of gratitude and thankfulness for all that you have done for us. We thank you with a hallelujah, Lord, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen.